Production. Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. It is Thursday, March 19th, 2009. The magic of animals and the life they bring into our lives is a miracle. Embrace your beloved pet and those in nature, and remember their soul offers a tangible reminder of the most available, infinite, unconditional love. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I'm a metaphysician, clairvoyant, and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Karen Anderson, America's animal communicator. She has studied under some of the world's most renowned psychics. Although her abilities were revealed to her in early childhood, she perfected her skills through years of practice and determination. The animals with whom she communicates are her primary teachers, and she continually draws upon their wisdom to gain a deeper knowledge of her craft. Now Karen is able to connect with animals both living or deceased, bringing messages of love, forgiveness, and often much-needed healing. Mastering her intuitive skills as a deputy sheriff, Karen learned to trust her inner voice as she encountered life-threatening situations while on patrol. With special training in domestic violence and victims of abuse, Karen draws upon these skills to assist animals in need. A member of Animal Rescuees since 1999, Karen has spent countless volunteer hours counseling and mending the broken souls of hundreds of animals. Karen now travels the world lecturing, teaching workshops, and sharing her passion for this work with others. She lives and works in Elk, Washington, where she continues to be a voice and advocate for all creatures. Her, her most recent book release, her first book release, Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator, is what we'll be talking about this next hour. Welcome, Karen. Thank you for appearing tonight on Evolution Revolution. Thank you. You make me sound so good. Oh, how fun. Well, you are. You're amazing. I'm so excited to talk about your endeavors tonight. <laughs> I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So what was your defining experience that led you to communicate with animals and then led you to the exciting creation of your book, Hear All Creatures? You know, I I think in all of our lives, Dulcinea, I think we all have that one pivotal moment in our lives where time sort of stands still or we have the light bulb go off, that aha moment. And I certainly can say that that happened to me. And I wasn't even really looking for um, uh, that to happen. It was quite unexpected. It caught me by surprise. But um, the day that it happened, I would have to say the most pivotal moment of my life is when I received a message from um, a little bird, a little dove, and um, it basically changed my entire life, the focus of my career. Everything changed that day. How amazing. So it was a definite experience that led you in this direction. I was I was actually at a 4th of July barbecue, and I was there with a few friends, and some of them knew that I could communicate with animals. And in casual conversation, it came up, and the next-door neighbor said, hey, you know, I, I rescued a little bird from one of my cats. Would you like to come over and see if maybe you can tell us something about it? And so I said, sure, why not? And up until that point, I had almost stopped communicating with the animals because of all the mean and hurtful things that my friends and family members were saying to me at the time. And so I really wasn't talking about it too much. I wasn't um, sharing my experiences with anybody. So I thought, well, I'll go over and see what's up with this little bird. Little did I know that this bird had only messages for me, and he basically told me everything that was happening in my life at the time was happening for a purpose and for a reason, and that I needed to follow my true passion in life, which was to work with the animals and to help deliver their messages to their humans. 
so that we could then in turn help their humans deal with things such as loss and having to say goodbye. And I stood in a kitchen um, with this little white dove on my finger and literally tears pouring down my face because he knew everything about me. He knew everything I had been through, and it was just absolutely the most defining moment of my life. Unexpected, but defining. Yes, in the book here, All Creatures, you call it the unexpected message, and I think it's such an amazing story. I think it gives us hope that each of us can also align with our own path if we have not yet done so, and it really shows us how it is that aha moment, that you know what you're supposed to do. It's clearly defined. I think we all know we're here for a purpose, but your moment became clearly defined when you met this dove, and that led you onto a whole new path of service. It did. I had spent um, several years in law enforcement um, before that moment, and before that I was in the mortgage industry for more years than I would probably like to admit here on the air, but I'll say it was about 18 years, and I was very unhappy in the mortgage industry. I kept getting in trouble. I kept getting fired. I kept getting laid off. I mean, the signs were all over the place, Dulcinea. I mean, talk about um, a, pa- a path behind me of um, hindsight is twenty twenty. when I look back on it and think of all the things that went wrong when I was in the mortgage business. It just w- makes me want to tell people, if you're getting repetitive signs like I was, pay attention to them. Someone's trying to get you a message. That is so true, and I can completely relate with my um, journeys. I have had that happen to me. People don't believe me. They go, you know, you read into things too much. It's like, no, you don't understand. I had every sign in every possible way that, like, has pushed me to where I am. And, you know, they just go, well, I I don't understand. And, of course, you know, I have a lot of skeptics like you experienced, um, as you just mentioned a few minutes ago, of people saying, oh, you really can't live your truth, or, oh, you can't make a living. And, and it's like, of course, I'll persevere, and I'll show them that that's, that's not, in fact, the case. And, and so I feel it's just really important for people to awaken to that call, whatever that may be. And for you, it's so exciting. You get to work with animals um, across the nation, actually internationally. You can communicate with any animal. And, and throughout the book, Here All Creatures, you talk of animals and horses and, I mean, like cats and dogs and horses and birds. There's a vast array of animals that you've communicated with. So what is your background and training that you've merged with that defining moment? You know, when I, when I was a kid, I could understand what the animals were saying, Dulcinea. I believe yes. that all children are very intuitive and have natural psychic abilities, um, in some more than others. But when I, when I teach an adult how to do this, um, sometimes it can take me a little bit longer than when I, when I teach a child whose parent wants me um, to share my abilities with them. Kids are so quick to pick up on it because they don't know that they can't. And, you know, adults, we have all of our baggage and and all of the naysaying and every one of our family members and friends that tell us, oh, you can't do that or that's ridiculous or impossible. And and I could understand the animals as a small child. So it has been in my life's path for a very long time. I just spent the greater part of it ignoring the signals and the messages because I thought I was supposed to be doing something else. And it was finally when I got into law enforcement, I made the leap from mortgage um, processor to um, police officer, I felt this incredible desire and urge and motivation that I wanted to give something back and I really wanted to help society and help people. And I know that you don't really necessarily think of um, law enforcement as someone who wants to help people, but that's all you do all day long is take calls. Certainly. Yeah, you try to resolve other people's issues. <clears throat> sure, it's public service, and I think we do at times overlook that, but it's when we, we call 911 that we're, we're gently reminded, hopefully, that it is such a service to the community, and that's a definite path of service, and now you've evolved from that. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it was really in my years as law enforcement where I started to sharpen my intuitive abilities that I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. And I had That's to empowering. It, it is. I had to take many calls on my own 
at night. We, I worked on a very small department, and I worked the night shift as soon as I got out of the academy. And I, and I would sometimes not have a backup car, or the backup car was a half an hour or more away. So I would respond to calls on my own, and I would have to learn very quickly when I walked into a situation. I'd have to learn how to read the people and read the energy and read what was going on because the bottom line was I wanted to go home that night, and I needed to be safe. And that was where I really started to train myself. I didn't know it then. My my guides laugh now because they know know, know what they were doing. And I really just started to train myself. I'm a very self-taught person. I don't come from a line of psychics, you know, third generation. I'm not. I'm just your average person who grew up in Southern California, and um, and now here I am doing what I do and doing my best to help relay the messages from the animals because I love animals so much. That is so, so exciting. And, you know, I can really validate. I think we are all all-knowing and, being self-taught and learning through the real world, it's really, it's just, there's no other education like it. You know, you can get formal training in anything, but it's really when you get your hands on and get dirty that it really all makes sense and you can actually use the practical information in an, an application that's beneficial for all. So I just I really commend that. I think so too, and I, I think that there are, Many people out there that are listening or perhaps they have something that they are passionate about, you know, whether it be painting, singing, drawing, uh, cooking, uh, communicating with animals, whatever your passion is, and something is stopping them from following that passion. Uh, My excuse was um, monetary. Um, The the income that I made in the mortgage industry was was really a, a very good income. And so my excuse then was, well, how can I go from making the the salary and bonuses I make now to self-employed talking to the animals? I was completely fearful, there's that word, of taking that leap of faith. And when I finally got the courage to take that leap, I have been rewarded in so many ways. I mean, it, it was it was re, it was really small now looking back it was a small obstacle and once i got past the huge fear in my own head it was nothing it was easy yeah everything you know, fell into place important. it was just beautiful i think that's a really important point to bring forth because i know many of my clients and myself i mean i think we all encounter that that lack belief or that lack idea and we we don't we choose not to follow our dreams today. Oh, we'll put it off till tomorrow, or we'll we'll you know we'll just we'll just know it will it will show up on our doorstep in a pretty package. <laughs> and we we forget that there's a leap of faith that's required. And so often that leap of faith does revolve around the monetary shift because going from such a structured job, you know, in the in the mortgage industry to actually following your heart and communicating with animals to persevere and bring a better understanding to people and to animals with your gift is is invaluable. There's no monetary value that can be placed on that. So, of course, the infinite universe is going to reward you abundantly in a multifaceted way, which is so rewarding inside and outside. It is, but you, you have to be willing to take that leap of faith. And it's really more a bigger fear in your own mind. It's what you make it up to be. It's it's never as big as what you make it up to be. Oh, that is so true. <laughs> That's a very relevant thing for us to mention at this time. So, with your communication with animals, how do you experience it? Do you how do you see it, feel it, or hear it as you experience the communication? Well, my very first memories of understanding the animals as a small child were more of a sense of knowing. Just it was something I just felt. <clears throat> I just knew certain things about my animals, and now I have sharpened my skills to where I'm mostly clairaudient, where I am hearing the detailed messages from the animals. I actually hear their words and I hear full sentences, but they can also send me a picture or image of something. They'll flash it in, right before my my eyes, or they'll send me a feeling of. Um, love or or an emotion or fear or whatever it is that they're feeling and they'll attach that to a message 
And I have to apologize. I'm struggling with a little bit of a head cold tonight, so forgive me if my if my voice goes out here. But <clears throat> I'm doing my best to uh, um, to hang in there. But well, I can get mess- <laughs> I can get messages in all those various ways, and sometimes they send it to me all at once. So I get hit like one, two, three with all of that. Wow, that's that is so so you can you can see it, you can feel it or you can hear it, but mostly at this point you've kind of evolved where you prefer and that's just your established line of communication is to hear most of the information. I do. I, I ask for the messages to come through in my frame of reference so that I can understand them more clearly. And I also in my in my work the animals will bring through deceased human loved ones as well. So we never know who's gonna show up during a session. In fact today I was doing a session on um, two little Jack Russells, absolutely adorable little Jack Russells. And um, during the meditation that I do with the animals, they brought through the deceased stepfather of this person's wife that I was talking oh, to. Oh, wow, wow. So I got messages and images from the deceased human loved ones, too. So yes, yes. It's, all, it's all related. It is. Yes. It's all one. <laughs> That is so that is so neat when that happens and it really allows the people to feel um a well rounded message and really embrace not only the animals but the humans because of course when you're getting a connection with your animals there's nothing better than allowing the, the human loved ones to come through as well. <laughs> and and I have some very good news out there for everybody who's wondering if their animals are with their human loved ones and vice versa. I often have what I call a, a soul group, a family soul group come through. So your human loved ones and your animal loved ones all come through to me in like one large group. And sometimes they crowd into my office. It gets very crowded. <laughs> yes, I can relate. I can relate. You have to keep room for yourself. <laughs> right. That's right. That's great. That is so fun. So speaking of animal communication, I'm just going to let the audience know we had had you scheduled one month ago tonight, and we had rescheduled, but just by chance because of the um, the February being a short month, it's actually the 19th again of this month. And so on that Thursday, February 19th, I had spoken with you about 7 o'clock or so uh, via phone and email, and then... That evening I laid down, went to bed, and I had a dream. And it was my cat. She, her name is Jinx, and she's very cute. She's a little black cat with huge, like, minx-like eyes, big green eyes. And she came to me, and she was in a litter box, and she had literally filled the litter box at least three inches with her pee, her urine, and she was swimming in it like a baby being cleaned with by their mama, like when they're a little kitty where they just like roll over and their eyes are real closed and they're very happy. She was so happy in this litter box filled with her urine. And I was like, oh, gosh. So I woke up that morning and I said to her, what are you trying to tell me? Like, I know you absolutely love your litter box. Like, it's her favorite thing in the whole world. It's like we call it her, I call it her sandbox because <laughs> she just thinks it's like the best. And so, you know, I wasn't sure what the message was. I'm just like, I know you love it, but what are you really trying to communicate with me? So then Friday night, she comes to me again because I asked her and I just wasn't clear. So now I have my second dream of, with my own cat. Never had had dreams with animals in the past. I mean, love animals, but just not the typical experience for me. So Friday night, I go to bed and she comes to me this night and I feed like three or four homeless cats outside of my house. Mm-hmm. just seems wherever I move, doesn't matter where I live, whether it's in the Redwoods where there's nothing or if I'm in Southern California here now in, like, the city, like, basically I, homeless cats show up at my door because the universe knows that I'll feed them. So right now I have, like, a mom and dad, and now I have the two babies. Well, she gets really mad when I feed them. She gets very jealous. And so in the dream she shows me hundreds of homeless cats coming at our house and she gets lost among them. I can't find her, and I'm calling her name, and I don't even know who she is anymore. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, you're going to get a, a lot of enjoyment out of the message that she told me. <laughs> so, Cher, I'd love to hear. <laughs> well, I will I will tell your listeners that I asked you to forward a, a photo of Jinx to me, <clears throat> which I have, and just her name. That's all I wanted. Just send me her photo and her name. 
And when I opened up the picture, not knowing any of this, you didn't share these dreams with me before. No, I didn't. I no. didn't on purpose. <laughs> the first thing that she said to me was, I love my things. Will you tell my mom that I love, love, love my things? I have my things, and they're mine, and I love them. <laughs> she does. <laughs> that was the very first thing that she said. Yes. And, of course, I didn't know she was talking about her litter box, but yes. Definitely be one of her things. <clears throat> she also told me to tell you that she sent you tremendous amounts of love. In fact, I felt at one point like I was, like I loved you, like I was in love with you like she is. I mean, she sent me so much love, I feel like I love you in, in a very, very high degree. Aww. She also told me that she is um, remarkably smart, and she was commenting to me about her petite um, frame, or or that there's a a, um, um, a, a something about her frame that that isn't uh, boyish that she was very proud of. She thinks that she looks very um, elegant. She thinks she looks very um, gorgeous. She went on and on talking about this, the way that she looks, and and she's very proud of this. So when you compliment her on that it's like she lights up like a christmas tree because <laughs> yes her she eyes really loves so that. happy um also she told me that um she wanted to tell you how safe and protected that she feels with you that you make her feel very safe and protected and um i'm she must not be able to go outside is that correct yes yeah, she can't go outside okay. she was um I'm not going to say complaining because that's kind of a human concept, but she mentioned to me that mom keeps me inside for protection and that that was really comforting for her to know that that you were looking out for her and wanting her to stay safe and protected, which is very, very sweet. She also told me, and this is really really an interesting message, she said, Mom, I call you her mom, she said, Mom, we have been together before many times. I knew. <clears throat> she said, excuse me, she said, we are soul seekers. We find each other over and over and over. And I, I have never that. heard that term used by an animal. I've heard humans use it, but I've never heard I knew it. it. I've yes. never heard an animal use that. And I'm just, I love it. I love it, too. I totally love that. And um, And then, again, she was, talking about um, her things and wanting things just her way and having her things, and she thanks you for honoring her things. Yes, I do. <laughs> she says, People you, make fun Mom. of me. Thank you, Mom, for honoring all of my things. And she told me more, Dulcinea, but I'm going to reserve that for um, a private yes. time after the show because it's, okay. it's very personal, and I would much sure. rather share that with you in a private setting. Thank you. So, um, but she has some beautiful, beautiful messages for you that I will share with you privately. Thank you. It's so, it's so validating. Of course, you know I love, I love hearing all this because, of course, I want all of our listeners to know that this is a service that Karen offers that you can find on her website at www.karenanderson.net. You can also read about her experiences and hear some more stories other than mine in her book, Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator. So it's just very exciting that I got to share my story because the way that Jinx came to me was very unique. And it was one of those circumstances where I, as a kitty, I saw her and I had this need to go take care of her. My brother had adopted her. So I would stop by my brother's house, which is just a few blocks away, which I never did. It's like my little brother. So, you know, it was like we're, <laughs> we're young. We don't really hang out right now. We're too cool. So so I would go stop by there and see her for just some – something would just pull me there, and it was so weird. Well, my brother in July of 07 had a circumstance where he had to move out of his apartment, like, overnight. Like, he just got really ill, and everything changed for him. So I went to the house, and my mom's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this cat. And I'm like, oh, she's so, she's, my mom is not an animal lover. I'm 100% opposite of her. And, and so in, in respect to animals. And so I was like, I'm taking this cat. So I got her a radio, and I got her food, and I, got, I just loaded up everything, and I, like, got her all comfy at his house for one night, brought her home to my house, and I was like, I've known this cat. I think she was one of my dogs that I had had in my late teen years, a boyfriend had bought me a dog. 
against my mom's will. And I kept it. And she had then died of rat poisoning. And I think I, w- I went, oh, my God, I think this was sage. And, and it was just a really, like, deja vu. And I just went, well, don't think about it too much. Just enjoy her. And then the love that she emitted, like you expressed, was like love that I had never experienced from a human or an animal. And it was like I had known her like in the Egyptian times. I, I'm, so, I'm so with you on that. I was, I was listening to you tell the story, and she's here in my ear chattering away as you're chattering. <laughs> um, Dual tasking here. <laughs> it is, it's such a beautiful story because um, I call that soul recognition. That's my words for it. Um, our conscious mind doesn't necessarily recognize the human or animal that is now back in our life again, but our, our higher self um, recognizes that our 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 um, higher consciousness. We recognize each other instantly, and we're drawn to each other. Yes, over and over yes. again. It's like an unexplainable thing. It's like you go out to the grocery store to get a gallon of milk, and you come home with a puppy or a kitten, and you're like, I don't know what happened. I just <laughs> couldn't help it. Yes, and I call that soul recognition, and this is a perfect example of that. But I I loved how Jinx described it as. We are soul seekers. We find each other over and over. I just thought that was beautiful how she put that. Yes, and she is so smart. I have to tell you, this cat could write a book about me if she could talk. Her eyes, she just like she knows my routine to a T. You know, I've had cats before who are smart, but she is like having a person around. She's um, very proud of being, in her words, remarkably smart. I really yes. felt like um, I really felt like I was talking to an evolved soul, somebody who has been here many times. An evolved soul has like a wisdom about them. They have like a a certain sense of of um, higher being. I can't quite describe it, but I had that sense from her that she was a, a very evolved soul. That is so amazing. So with animals that you communicate with, what are some common trends that you see? We've used my story here. But what are some common trends, that, and you do bring up some in the book, so you can feel free to re-mention those as well, um, that you see that other people may be interested in or are asking about their animals that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, there are um, many reasons why people contact me. And just when I think that I've heard it all, then somebody else comes through and surprises me with with why they want to connect um, with their animals. But certainly there are some very common concerns. End-of-life concerns are a very big one. (coughs) Uh, Checking in with our animals when they're nearing the end of their time on this earth is always um, a difficult time for us humans as their moms and dads if we have to make the decision to help them with their transition. Um, it's, agoni- it's an agonizing decision. Nobody, nobody wants to make that decision of, of when to say goodbye, you know, when is the right time. And I get many, many clients who have me check in with their animals and see how they're doing. Are they ready to pass? Do they want to pass on their own? Do they want assistance? Some animals just naturally, Dulcinea, want to pass on their own, at their own time, at their own, when they're ready. Um, you know, not, not in any certain time frame. They just want it to happen naturally. And then there are others that tell me, please, please, I can't take this anymore. I, I don't want to continue this way. I want assistance. I, I'm ready to go. So I see everything from one side of the spectrum to the other, and some of the answers may surprise you. We've we've had very seriously ill animals tell us, nope, I'm good. I just want to be here, and I want to fight this, and I want to stick around. I'm not ready to go. And so it's it really gives the the, the moms and dads that are agonizing over this the decision. It gives them good information so that they can make a better judgment call. It just is is nice to know how they feel. I think that is so important, and I think that people really appreciate your service because, as you know, often our, our, even if we have children, animals are like our other additional children. And if we don't have children, it's like they're literally like our kids. We might even put clothes on them and all this stuff. You know, it's very fun in the modern day here to really embrace our animals to um, the depth where they're during Christmas photos and all, you know, they're a part of the family. So 
being able to offer that gift where you allow people, you bridge the gap in, in human communication and within their people's animals really allows people to come to a better understanding of what their animal may need or may not need. Or, in a, you know, in the book you share some circumstances, like I thought this was so funny, um, there was a cat that was getting some fancy feast, and I believe that, that the bladder had backed up. I think, is, am I on the clear story here? Um, keep going. Okay, and, and what had happened was, the vet or someone had said that feeding the cat fancy feast was just like absolutely feeding at McDonald's. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I, I didn't even know that. And I'm reading the book going, oh, my goodness, that is so valuable to know. <laughs> oh, there's so much that I've learned. I, I've learned more from the animals than I've learned from any anyone, any book or any human being out there. They've just taught me so much. And when I first got started, since I was mostly self-taught, I felt a little bit embarrassed by the fact that I didn't have some great famous person that taught me how to do this. Really, truly, the animals were my teachers. They were my mentors. They they were the ones that taught me. They showed me. They explained things to me. They described the, the afterlife to me, the other side, heaven, whatever you want to call it. They're the ones that explained all of this to me because... Up until that point, Dulcinea, I didn't even really believe or think about reincarnation. I had no belief system on it. I really just didn't give it very much thought. It wasn't something in my day-to-day life. And, and now what the animals have taught me, <clears throat> excuse me, and most of the time the animals tell me that they will choose to come back how they were when they left. So dogs most frequently return as dogs, cats most frequently return as cats, humans most frequently return as humans. But I've also seen it all mixed up in the other way around and and I've come to believe that there are there is no rule book out there. There isn't someone standing there going, "Nope, sorry, you can't do that. We're not going to mm-hmm. let you back." No, no, no. If it's in your life's purpose, if it's in your path, and there are lessons that you will gain and learn um, for being in that type of body, whether it be human or animal. I believe now that anything is possible. I've had more people come to me and say, Karen, I know this sounds crazy, but I really think my cat is my dead grandma. And it happens more often than you would probably realize that people sure. to me all the time. Oh, yeah. Or or they'll have a sense or a feeling that they've been together before, and sure enough, we're able during a session to determine who uh, who it was or or what the time frame was, or you know, like you were seeing Egyptian times and things like that. <clears throat> it's just amazing to me, and I'm so humbled and I'm so honored. And I always say, Dulcinea, that the day I stop being humbled and the day I stop being honored is the day I'll stop doing this. In the meantime, I'm just um happy to be here for this, learning everything that I'm learning from the animals themselves. They continue to be my greatest and wisest teachers. Yes, and you are so fortunate. I mean, what a better group of, of um, beings to work with. I mean, humans are amazing, but animals just emanate such unconditional <clears throat> love. And just to really be able to really put your heart there and get the mind out of the way allows you to be in such a great position on earth and, you know, financially allow yourself to support yourself with that. So speaking of that, you can find Karen on the web at www.karenanderson.net. She has a plethora of information. Um, You can find her homepage. She has, of course, consultations, um, her books and CDs and classes. She offers teleclasses, which is, are very exciting. If you're interested in that, feel free to find that at www.karenanderson.net. And, of course, there's um, a wealth of other information, some resources, links, her ethics, newsletters, and blogs. Please be sure to check out her blog. There's some great information. I went through that. Of course, some great photos, too. <laughs> and, and we'd love um, to hear your thoughts about that, www.karenanderson.net. So I found something on your blog that I thought was really fun, and it's a <coughs> video of how to clear your animal's chakras. And so I'd like to maybe talk about how that works 
and would oh, yeah, you recommend? I would, I would love to do that. I I I am usually every morning I spend a meditative time before my sessions in prayer, and I clear out my chakras. And I just get really comfortable and quiet and and clear my mind. And I just create a very pleasant atmosphere to be in. And um, sometimes I don't know who the first client is going to be. And I started to realize that these animals needed energy work done on them, that they were having a lot of blockages and a lot of issues going on that they were mostly absorbing from their humans. They're taking on their their humans' stress, especially now in, in, in with all of the economic news. There's a lot of stress out there that we're bringing home. And it made me realize that animals would benefit from having their chakras cleared just like humans do. Yeah, I think that is an important <clears throat> point to make, that we all really need to focus on maintaining our energy bodies. And animals are no different. And because... Well, I, you know, I have some, some, some background in training and, and just, of course, my natural intuitions. And I can see that with humans, we have all these, like, past life things that come from a time before we were on in our present um, bodies, in our present experience. And there, I usually see it as symbols or colors. And then with animals, when I look at an animal's aura, it's just pure color. There's no, nothing from past life coming in. So everything that they absorb is just purely from their existence in this little body or, or large body, depending on which animal. And, and so it's so much easier to heal animals, but their job is to heal us. I mean, of course, that's the mutually um, symbiotic relationship that we share with them. And so in that, it's like, it's an ener- it's like we plug into them and they plug into us as if we were outlets and if we're unhealthy it's almost like they become unhealthy or if we're overweight they become overweight or or whatever it might be. <laughs> that happens so often and and it, it it gets sometimes down to an eye for an eye like if if someone contacts me because their animal is having health issues I will trace it back and find the same health issues going on in the human. It's yeah. not always the same thing. Sometimes it it manifests differently in the animals because, <clears throat> like you said, they're here to help us and to take on our stressors and to help us heal. And so it's part of their journey and their mission to um, to really do whatever they can for us. And so sometimes it manifests into other things, but the general feeling of unbalance I can trace back to the human. So it's a good reminder for anyone who's listening that if you're having behavior problems, in your house, chances are that I can trace it back to something that's going on within the household. Not always. There's, there's some, sometimes it's, it's an emotional issue, but, you know, if there's um, a loss of a job or a new baby or a move or a new boyfriend or a new girlfriend or any of those things that happen in life, that can really upset the balance and set off the domino effect um, within our animals. They are like a little barometer of us. They're like our own little. That can be so scary, or that can be so validating. Right. (laughs) Right. That is so true. So, what was your most memorable experience, just off the top of your head, of communicating with an animal? Just a fun. Oh, without a doubt, hands down. um, That's that's just instantly. I know what comes to my mind. I have um I'm on Facebook so please join me if if you're a Facebook person um and I have one of my um um clients/friends on uh, Facebook uh came to me back in August of last year for a session so she, we, I do most of my work over the phone telephone sessions that's how I work with a photo of your animal and so she and her husband were on the phone with me and we were having a really nice conversation with their deceased dog, Jack. And Jack is a big, huge English Mastiff, the big 200-pound tan with a black face, a gorgeous creature. And we were having a, a regular um, session, nothing in particular. They just wanted to check in with him, see how he was doing, because he was a, um, one of their favorites. And um, Jack said to me, Mention the one of them that is having trouble sleeping. So I said to um, my clients, 
which one of you are having trouble sleeping? And um, um, the, the mom said, well, that's me. She said, I've been having a really hard time sleeping lately. Well, Jack told me at that point, tell her to check her glands. It's in her glands, G-L-A-N-D-S, glands, like, um, you know. Yeah, yes, her lymph nodes are her right. glands. Tell her it's in the glands. And when the message came through, Dulcinea, honestly, I had no idea what it meant. If she knew what it meant at the time, she didn't lead on. We just kind of dropped it and went on to the next animal. It wasn't. It didn't come across as a big deal, or we didn't spend a lot of, more time on it. Sure. Well, we finished the session, and a couple of weeks went by, and I got a follow-up email from the mom, and she said to me, Karen, I just uh, had to write and thank you. She said, you know, during our session with Jack when he told me to be sure to check my glands, I said, yeah. She said, well, I, I took that to heart because I had a sense of feeling that something was wrong. And she said, I went to the doctor, and they, they discovered breast cancer, and yeah. it has gone into my glands. Yeah, her lymph nodes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she said, I'm scheduled for surgery in a few weeks, and, you know, I need all your prayers. And she says, I cannot even begin to tell you how much I appreciate the session. She said, yeah. They caught it early enough. They're hoping they caught it early enough that I'm I'm going to make it. And I'm happy yeah. to report right now. She had surgery in November. I'm happy to report right now. She has only one or two chemo treatments left. She's doing fantastic. And I'm so proud of her. She is amazing, her strength. Um, and her husband has been there with her the whole time. And literally the message from her deceased dog, Jack, has helped save her life. Yes, he knew. It was just that sole agreement that he was here to help her continue her earth agreement, her earthly agreement, that she wasn't complete here. And he, he brought her that message through you. What a miracle you are. <laughs> That's such a gift that you can offer people. And I think that it's so important that people know that if you have an animal that you'd like to communicate with, Karen is a great person. You can find her at www.karenanderson.net. She has an array of services. So you can find what's best for you. And and just it's really amazing to hear these stories from my experience and, and with your clients of how animal communication can positively impact a person's experience and, and again, increase our understanding. Exactly. And, and you know, I hear back from my clients so many times um, that especially if an animal has passed on and, maybe they're carrying some grief or guilt about how it all ended or how they had to say goodbye or maybe they weren't there or maybe they didn't think they did enough. And then we have a session with their animal, and their animal comes through um, excited and um, a part of their current life and mentioning things that they still love to do. I had a session today where a, a cat died a week ago, and said to me, tell her about the shower, Tell her, show her the bathroom and the shower. And I thought, oh, dear, I, I don't want to know this. And it, it, it turned out that that was just the cat's favorite thing to do when mom went in the bathroom to take her shower. The cat would come in there and sit outside the shower door and wait for her to get out of the shower. So simply hearing a message like that, it gives us the faith and the hope and, and the reality that our animals are still connected to us after they pass on, those bonds of love never die. Never. They're always They're there. They're eternal. They're eternal. They are. Yes, and it, 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 brings, it brings such a feeling of peace. And, you know, when we think that they're gone and we miss, we're missing their physical body so much, it really does make you feel like, okay, I know that they're okay now. I have that that confirmation that they are okay and I don't have to worry about them because we worry about them and you know where do they go what are they doing you know what's what are they what's happening over there on the other side and so they can come through with messages and really bring you I say it's never a cure for our grief a session with with me is never a cure for grief but it can certainly bring you a lot of peace of mind you know, that is so important to point out. It's just really about peace. And and I think, like, one of my philosophies from A Course in Miracles are decisions are made for your preference for peace. And and communicating with animals and just having, you know, the situation, whatever the message may be, 
is really an opportunity just to remind ourselves that we are all infinite, eternal beings, whether we're human or animals. And it can just really validate after an animal has crossed or even hasn't crossed that there's a spiritual understanding that they can't articulate with words, but it can come through you and your your gifts. I, I do believe that even our animals that are here and currently with us can deliver just as important messages as, say, perhaps a deceased animal can. It just depends on what the universe has lined up for you. And, and I have some, some funny ones that I would like to share with you. Sure. It's not all about the death and end of life and, and that sort of thing, but some of the favorite things that have happened to me is um, I, I had a session one time where the the dog kept telling me to say, silly monkey, silly monkey, say silly monkey. And I was in front of a, about 100 people in a lecture in Raleigh, North Carolina, and everybody is watching me, and I have a microphone, and I thought, how am I going to tell this huge audience that this dog wants me to say silly monkey? And all I had was the dog's picture in my hand. <laughs> and so I looked over at my husband, who does all the shows with me, and I just kind of gave him one of my looks, like, oh, what do I do? And I went ahead and just said, I'm supposed to tell you silly monkey, and I really don't know why, but I need to say silly monkey. Well, she just started laughing hysterically. That dog had a collar that was by the brand Silly Monkey. And the dog was in love with her collar. I, I've never, <laughs> never seen such a thing or knew that a dog could be in love with their collar, but this dog was in love with her silly monkey collar. Can you believe that? I just was amazed. <laughs> it's so fun. It's so fun. It's amazing. You almost just, it's like my cat. She just loved her litter box. And then you're all, she loves her things. It's like, yes. She's I know. like a little kid. <laughs> I know. And uh, another time I was... I was just starting a session, and I, I opened up the picture, and the, the cat said to me, tell my mom to watch the pots. Watch the pots. And I thought, watch the pots? What does that mean? Pots, P-O-T-S, like uh, cook, a pot that you cook in? I thought, uh-huh. what in the world? Watch the pots. What does that mean? So when I got my client on the phone, I said, why am I supposed to tell you to watch the pots? That's the first thing that your cat told me. And she goes, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this. Right before the session, she had been um, boiling some eggs to hard boil them, and she forgot about them, and oh. the pot nearly caught on fire with and the, the eggs in it. Oh, so wow. Pat was telling me to tell her to watch the pots. Go get it. You're going to burn the house down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then another very interesting case that I'm working on is I have a murder case where the cat was the only victim and we're working with detectives to help solve the case and I love that because I'm ex-cop so I can't I, I can't tell you how excited I am about that one yeah that's so fun congratulations <laughs> yeah that was really that's really a it's an on, ongoing case but it's um, it's been really fascinating for me and and so and so, what is that experience like for you right now? How is that flowing for you? Because this uh, this is something comparable, if anybody's out there, to possibly like a lost animal kind of idea, where there's an investigation to something unknown. Right. It, it's very difficult, as you can imagine. You know, it's it's something that, especially like in a lost animal case, it's one of the hardest things that I do to try to find a lost animal. Uh, that those sessions are extremely difficult. They take an extra work on my part um they're very hard on you the person they're hard on the animal they're hard on me it's just very difficult but it's a it's really about i have to raise my abilities i I find myself challenging myself so that i can improve and continually get better and, and get more and more information because the more accurate information i can get the greater chance they have of solving this murder yes Yes, so what a, what a, a validating experience, but it is a process. It is. It's it's very difficult, and, you know, if it were easy, everybody were doing it. And, uh, you know, it reminds me of Alison Dubois and the show The Medium. It's it's that kind of thing, except I'm talking to um, a cat to get the information. 
Sure, sure. Well, that let let us know how that goes. I hope that that comes to a resolution. I hope so too. The good news is that they have at least found um, the body, so that's the good news. And now we're just working on the suspects. Good. Wow. So, what are your code of ethics when doing this animal communication on that topic? Well, there is a lot of responsibility in doing what I do. Um, I am responsible for what I say, and I also have to be responsible for um, possibly being wrong. You know, I'm human. I make mistakes. I have, you know, a head cold right now, and, and you know, I'm not at the, the best I can possibly be um, delivering messages when I'm not feeling 100%. So there's a margin of error there, and I have to realize that I can be wrong. So I always, number one, I only go where I'm invited to go. That's number one with me. Uh, nobody likes an uninvited guest, and so I don't just walk around talking to everybody's animals and telling everybody what their animals are thinking of them. I just think it needs to be something that I'm invited to do, that the person is open to it, and they're open to the process, and that makes it a better experience for me and for the animal. So that's one that I'm very, very serious about. <coughs> and also... If I have to deliver any kind of um, bad news, negative news, or anything that is in regards to a, a health issue, um, I make sure that my information is correct. I don't just, um, I, I won't just tell somebody something uh, without like double and triple and quadruple checking my information because. I'm responsible for what I say, and some people take my messages very seriously, and you never know what's going to affect somebody. And I've had some of my clients tell me that they've been so devastated after um, they've lost an animal that they've contemplated suicide. So there's just a real fine line between um, delivering a message and, and being nonchalant about it and taking responsibility for what I deliver, and I'm, I'm very ethically aware of what I say, and if I think there's something else going on, I use my law enforcement skills and I investigate a little bit with the person involved to make sure that my information is correct because I don't want to just deliver incorrect information. That is a really important point, and I think it's a really also a big picture point to point out to our audience that what you do is you really take your intuitive gift and you ground it. You make sure that it's grounded. And I think that any good um, intuitive, clairvoyant, you know, energy reader, we could summarize without labels, it really has to have a solid ground since we do live on Earth and in the third dimension in this physical reality. But it's important to know that you have a clear connection with spirit, but that you are grounded and, and it's balanced. So if you hear something and you know, ooh, that would hurt, you know to, to ground that information in a way that would be helpful, beneficial. Um, That's for right. all parties involved. And, and so I wanted people to understand that with any energy reader or psychic, but especially even with animal communication where it can be even more sensitive if it's, you know, like you said, in a place where someone's extremely sensitive over a loss or an illness or a change or even just a circumstantial change in their life like a divorce or a job loss. Right. Oh, there's so many things that, you know, people are stressed out about right now. And, <clears throat> and I have actually a funny story to share with you on that same topic. When I was first starting to do the psychic shows, I was at a, um, a psychic fair in Santa Monica, California, and I sat down with this couple. They were like a retired couple, and they were um, very lovely, and they brought in a picture of their little dog. And I write about this one in my book. It's one of my all-time favorites. And uh, they just loved this little dog, and this little dog just loved them. And his name was Casanova, and they called him Nova for short. And um, the little dog just went on and on, rattled off to me, I love my mom, I love my dad, I love my treats, I love my toys, I love my my bed, I love going on rides on the boat. I mean, he loved everything, and, and they loved him. And and so, you know, it was it was just a lot of general stuff, and so I pushed him a little bit harder, and I said, tell me something that only you and your mom know about, something special that only you and your mom and dad know. And the little dog thought for a moment, and he said to me, tell him they smell to me. Tell them they smell to me. And I thought, oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> <clears throat> how, 
How am I going to tell this perfectly delightful couple that their perfectly delightful little dog thinks they smell? <laughs> and so, fortunately for me, I went back to double check my information, and the little dog said to me, I go, did you say that your mom, in my mind, quietly, I said, did you say your mom and dad smell to you? He goes, no, I said they spell to me. And then he proceeded to spell words like O-U-T-R-I-D-E. <laughs> so I looked at his mom and dad and I said, do you spell to your dog? And they just, they looked at each other, they put their hands over their mouths, they couldn't believe it, they went, oh my gosh, he's so smart, we have to spell words out so he doesn't know what the, what we're talking about. And, and he still knows. <laughs> little dogs in the background going, I still know what they're saying. I still know what they're saying. <laughs> that is such a fun story. <laughs> that is so great. We're speaking with author Karen Anderson. You can find her on the web at www.karenanderson.net. Her book is Hear All Creatures, The Journey of an Animal Communicator. Animals are a gift from the most loving, abundant universe and serve as a tangible reminder of the unconditional love that flows from their being. Their unique presence in our life offers meaning and radiates a truth that we are all connected beyond the physical realm. Embrace your beloved pets and cherish the divine for their love is the most unconditional and positively transforming experience that we can have on the human world. Next week on March 26th, Carol Oakley will offer her mediumship skills and gently remind us in her deeply powerful book that true love is eternal love. The Barrier of Physicality is an Illusion, titled I'm Still With You, True Stories of Healing Grief Through Spirit Communication. On April 2nd, Neil Donald Walsh will return to Evolution Revolution to talk about his recent book releases, Conversation with God, An Uncommon Dialogue, Embracing the Love of the Universe, in Conversations with God and Uncommon Dialogue, Living in the World with Honesty, Courage, and Love. More divine wisdom and insight from a dedicated spiritual teacher. On April 9th, we'll be talking with Dr. Amit Goswami. And on April 16th, Janine Kimmel and Amber Hinton. Coming up on April 23rd, Dr. Teresa Martin and Dr. Christine Madar from the School of Metaphysics. And on April 30th, Lee Gerds will present his insight in his upcoming book, Limitless You. Coming up on May 7th, we have Patricia Bish, and on May 14th, we'll be speaking with Ruth Probst. Coming up on May 21st, we have Laura Hansen, and on May 28th, Whitney Frey. Back again on June 4th, we're excited to have Barbara Han Clow. And on June 11th, we'll be speaking with Stephen Asma. And on June 25th, Matt Zoe will make his presence on Evolution Revolution. And on July 9th, we'll be speaking with Dr. Stephen Farmer once again with his latest deck of oracle cards, messages from your animal spirit guides. And on July 16th, Sharon Jeffers will be here to share her mystical book, Love and Destiny. And coming up on August 13th, Dr. Denise Badeau with her exciting book, Dream Guider. And on August 27th, Dr. David Bercelli. And again on September 10th, we'll be speaking with Peggy McCall. You can purchase all of the author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution for some exciting guests and uplifting inspiration, which can be further explored under the upcoming guest section on the homepage. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage and the Radio Archives tab. Of course, all episodes are available for free in the iTunes store by searching Evolution Revolution Podcast. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day and include amazing talent such as Barbara Marks Hubbard, Dr. Eric Pearl, Dr. Stephen Farmer, Ariel Ford, Peggy McCall, Bob Gebeline, Robert Friedman, Barbara Han Clow, Dr. Amit Goswami, Neil Donald Walsh, Gary Zukoff, and Linda Francis, Charles Virtue, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. I'm a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings and teleclasses via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. 
please visit my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com under the Services and Events page, which includes client testimonials and a wealth of information. A divine and spiritually enlightening experience awaits you. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you're interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Evolution Revolution tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Limitless possibilities. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honor guest, Karen Anderson. Thank you, Karen, for your time and expertise this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and I look forward to hearing about how your work evolves. Please stay in touch with us and let us know. I will do so, I promise. Okay, great. You can find Karen on the web, www.karenanderson.net. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundantly heavenly love, including peace, joy, abundance, gratitude, and light, today and always. Abundant miracles. Good night.